Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Camp Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McMillan, and y'all, I am so excited about this conversation today. Buckle up because we are going down um, just an entire story that you do not want to miss. We're talking with Jeremy Enns, who is the host and one of the writers and producers of the podcast that just came out over the summer, and it's called Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper. So yes, we're in for a good time. A little bit about Jeremy real quick. Jeremy Enns is a summer camp enthusiast, aren't we all? He Mm. grew up at camps in Southern Ontario, Canada, where his contagious silliness perfectly suited camp life. An amateur videographer, drummer, and podcaster, he always has an offbeat creative project on the go. Summer Camp is his most ambitious yet. A little bit more about this show. It's based on a true story. And so Summer Camp, the case of the Phantom Pooper, follows camp director Mookie as he struggles to solve a string of seriously smelly pranks at a Canadian summer camp. His attempts to trace a prolific prankster uncover more mischief than he bargained for. This limited series podcast, which has finally been released after six years, wow, in the making, blends true crime, mystery, and investigative reporting with all the nostalgia of summer camp. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, Lauren, it's so good to be here. And uh, it's it's funny you mentioned be- that I'm Canadian a couple times. And the first thing I noticed about you so saying y'all and so I want <laughs> listeners to count how many y'alls and how many times I say a because it does just kind of pour out of me so we'll we'll, yes. we'll do a count who says do you say y'all more or will I say a more okay I'm gonna be really aware of that <laughs> but that just shows folks that camp is it bridges all of us and we're all connected it's so great and I'm I'm really excited to be chatting with you because there's there's so many more summer camp people in the U.S. than in Canada just by the nature of how big our respective countries are so anyone who's listening to this show I'm excited for them to take a peek at uh, at this other at this other show that I've created. So thanks so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to chatting. Yeah, absolutely. And I've listened to the entire podcast series and I'm such a huge fan. So I feel like this is kind of a fangirl moment. So selfishly, this is a big deal for me. So, okay, let's back up real quick. Tell us a bit more about yourself and your background growing up in summer camps. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's funny as I've been talking with other summer camp people, it's like, do I have a typical summer camp story or origin story or not really? I think it's fairly typical. Um, I grew up going to a summer camp, um, uh, in, in Muskoka, Ontario. And I was, you know, camper, just like everybody else. My summer camp was like a week at a time for a specific age group. And so I sort of grew up going a week at a time, um, um, with, with a few friends from high school and, you know, then from there, I uh, actually did the leaders in training program at a different summer camp uh, because the the age to do that program at the camp I did it at was a year younger than the camp I grew up going to. So I was like, oh, if I want to do leaders in training here and then leaders in training there, which also known as counselors in training or whatever you call it at your camp, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can do it there. But then uh, that was what I would say was sort of my turning point that really made camp like a significant part of my life because then I would spend you know, full summers or at least three to four weeks of summer, uh, on, on camp staff. And that's where I really formed like really great camp relationships and, uh, you know, ultimately led to me wanting to create this show, which is, you know, as much as it's a silly true crime show, it's really a celebration uh, of summer camp. So that's a, a little bit about my summer camp history. Now was podcasting an activity that you took? We never did anything like podcasting at our camp, but there was like videography for like the, the oh, camp. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, like, 
you could do videography. And then I've also uh, like a musician and a drummer. So then, you know, we, um, I would play in like the camp band. And then at one point, like a bunch of camp staff got together and recorded like a little, uh, you know, six song uh, track of all our favorite summer camp songs and stuff like that. So I've always been sort of in that kind of creative media space. Mm -hmm. And I had a different podcast before this one. And so, yeah, like I never did anything podcasting related at camp until this, but yeah, I've always kind of had this like, you know, creative, um, you know, an outlet for my creative uh, endeavors. So, yeah, absolutely. So when, um, when you were on staff at camp, what activities did you teach? Tell us about your time as a staff member. So I was the kayak instructor. So I uh, taught kayaking. I did my best to make kayaking the most fun it could be. Um, kayaking is kind of boring. You're kind of alone. And what do you do? You like, you know, canoe out to kayak out to an island and back again. So I always was coming up with, you know, other fun little activities to do. And then the other instruction that I taught at camp was wilderness adventure, which mm-hmm. in one sense is like, the place where they put someone who's got like no skills because oh, no. <laughs> you just like hike around in the outdoors. <laughs> um, but no, that was, I actually found it, uh, to be my favorite instruction to teach. Um, because as, as me and the campers got to kind of know the camp property, we like followed a family of, you know, of deer. There was like a baby deer that we followed throughout the whole summer. And then like a family of wild turkeys that we kind of tracked and followed. And then, you know, we, we saw cool little things like, you know, a praying mantis eating a wasp. And so like, there's all of these like interesting things that happened in wilderness adventure that were sort of that more slow nature outdoorsy pace of camp, which is typically contrast with the, you know, high energy, crazy games. So I always felt that like my wilderness adventure campers got a lot out of our, our time out uh, in the woods together. And then obviously, you know, making campfires and eating s'mores is always good too. So of course, yeah, yeah. those were sort of the things that I did. And then, um, I also ended up being like the leader of a group of cabins. So once I was on what's called senior staff, then I would run like wider activities for, you know, a group of five or six cabins. And that was fun too. We would run little tournaments and things like that. So that also was kind of my progression through camp staff. So Amazing. Sounds like you had a very well-rounded, uh, camp camper and camp staff experience. Yeah, totally. Um, It was great. It was great for sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the podcast. Mm. How on earth did this come to be? Uh, it's a good question. Um, (laughs) does that come from like when you were listening to it, you were like, what inspired this? Or like, (laughs) right. Well, it's incredible. Okay. And just note for the the listeners during this conversation, we may, there may be some spoilers. So if you haven't listened to the show and you don't want to find out what happens, pause, go listen. How many episodes is it? It's not many uh, episodes. Seven episodes. Go listen to all seven episodes. You will binge listen to them. It is well worth it. And then come back. So yes, no, when I was listening to it, especially the way that you captured the audio recordings as they were happy, I was just like, how did you even think to come up with this and to think like, oh, let's make this a podcast and then to make it like an investigative report, like like a true crime scenario. Like how did where did this come from? So I'd had a podcast with a friend of mine. It was, you know, two dudes talking into a microphone about adventure and our, our we, we went on a bunch of like road trips. And so we talked about some stories from whatever our adventurous days and then also interviewed people. So very, very classic podcast. This was like back in 2016 ish. And it was at that time that podcasting was like kind of taking off. And 
people were experimenting with the format and shows like Serial were coming out and shows like S-Town and a lot of these more like in-depth storytelling shows. And so I was kind of like, wouldn't it be so cool to make a show like that? But the challenge is like, you know, how do you make a show like that without like a story that is worth digging into? And I'm just a normal person. So it's not like I'm a journalist where a story is, you know, getting into your inbox for something for you to investigate. So I found myself um, at summer camp a a little bit for a victory lap. Um, I was already kind of aged out of camp, but I was asked to direct the leaders and training program because there was like a staffing crisis essentially right before the summer started. They needed someone to fill in. So I wasn't even planning to go back that summer necessarily. But then I got there and then the, a bunch of pranks started happening at camp. And by this point, I had, like I said, I had my other podcast. I had this dream for a different type of podcast. I had spent time, like I was the videographer at the school newspaper. When we went on road trips, I was always like the documentarian. So I kind of had this, this just need to just record everything that's going on. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to video what we're what's happening at camp, but I can pull out my phone and start recording all of the conversations that are happening around these pranks as they uh, develop. And in the moment, I was just capturing content. And I kind of had this vague idea that a podcast would be a cool idea for something to do with it. But, you know, as I mentioned, this happened in summer 2017, it took me a very long time to compile the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of raw audio with thoughtful narration that was written and rewritten. And, you know, the story happened in a a specific flow, but then I needed to get interviews to get extra context around what happened in the story. So long answer to your question in the moment, it was just like, let's record everything and see what happens on the other side. And then since then it was just a passion project that I worked on in my spare time or whenever I had a burst of creative energy. And it was just, it, it was just so, so fun to, to work on it and, and to put it together. So, yeah. Wow. That's like putting together the world's just biggest puzzle over those years, but you can tell like it comes across in your voice, listening to the podcast, just how much fun this was not only to, to work through and kind of like take this winding adventure, but, um, for even you to, to tell the story again and to, to share it with everyone. So, um, major props to you for sticking it out that long. That's amazing. Thank you. And like credit goes to some of my, my co-collaborators because it was really interesting. Like if you were to listen back to some of the earliest like demos, I guess you could call them of this show when I was like not using the music I ended up using and just like placeholder music and, you know, worse recording just in my basement. Like it is, it has come such a long way. And that's in large part due to my wife who helped doing with a lot of copy editing and making sure things were clear. And then my uh, uh, co-collaborator, Jordan, who also went to camp, uh, the same camp as me. So she had all the context for like where and what was happening, but really helped me to kind of develop the story in a better way. My bent was always to basically write this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And it was very boring. Whereas when Jordan kind of joined the party, you know, she's like, no, like what's Mookie doing right now? What's he feeling right now? Like, let's get into the story. And, and a lot of her help is what made it feel like, you know, when you close your eyes, you're actually at summer camp. And I hope that when people listen and they hear, you know, the details about my camp, they put themselves in the shoes at their own camp and they kind of all of those, you know, memories kind of come flooding back. So, um, so yeah, that was, uh, you know, another kind of 
piece of the puzzle was making sure that it felt really fun to listen to and wasn't just this like, you know, boring step one, step two, step three type story. Right. No. And you absolutely accomplished that. I can attest to that. It's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, and that leads to kind of my next question, which, which is right along that you, you all told this story and wove it together so brilliantly and just, it's beautiful. It's so well done. And I think that, um, you know, talking for a second about this concept of storytelling, mm. um, I think that's something that is very closely related to camp, whether retelling stories of camp in years past or sharing the story of camp or even learning how to share that story with people outside of a camp's community, um, like maybe for recruitment purposes, either for campers or staff. I think that storytelling itself is a skill set. Um, that can be learned at camp, but also something that camps themselves are kind of consistently thinking of ways to strategically tell their own stories. Um, so with that in mind, how do you think your own experience at camp? And you kind of touched on this earlier with mm -hmm. like the creative aspect of your camp experience, but how do you think that your own experience, both as a camper and on staff shaped your storytelling skill set? Yeah, I, it's a really good, um, it's a good question because that is in many ways what makes camp so awesome. Because when you're at camp, you know, nothing else matters outside of the bubble of what's going on and your counselor or your whoever can tell any variety of stories. And if you're a camper, a staff member, you just get like sucked into the awesome moment of what's happening here. And so I think for me, when I was creating this story, that was one thing that I really wanted to do was to just bring my own camp experience to the audio format, the characters of, you know, the, the, the maintenance guy that you bump into and, you know, my director and then my staff team and then the campers, like there's all these different layers of, of stories. It was one thing that was really challenging about the show was like introducing the right number of characters and describing them fully enough that people could follow along because also all of the audio that I had, the raw audio, like it just wasn't what it was. I couldn't make, I couldn't make up stuff that wasn't there. Um, so that was another thing that was like challenging for the storytelling a little bit too, was how do I make sure that everything flows together and the, the, the characters make sense and all of that. But, you know, to answer your question, even about how storytelling, like how that shaped, how my experience shaped the story. I think a lot of your your listeners are not just people who go to camp, but people who you know who run camps and who um, it's people who work at camps. And this podcast is funny in in a way because it highlights the pranks that happen at camp. And I will be the first to say that like pranks are typically not uh, necessarily beneficial to the camp experience. They can be damaging. They can be harmful. They can be hurtful. And you know, part of what this story explores is also like what actually makes a good prank versus what is a prank that is, you know, harmful and not, uh, not appropriate and should get you sent home. But what I really kind of hope also comes through in my story is just the story of summer camp, not the story of pranking at summer camp, but just what it, what, what it was like for me to be there that summer, what it was like for the campers to be there that summer. And like the case of the phantom pooper, the random, you know, it is a potty humor podcast. There was a, a prankster taking craps all over camp that I had to get to the bottom of, you know, <laughs> all of that, like packaging, that's just sort of the wrapper on the gift that is a summer at summer camp. And so when people are listening to this show, that's also what I hope that they see. And, and 
everything in this story was, was shaped by, you know, by my experience at camp. And I tried to pour as much of that into the, the retelling of this summer. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's funny to think about, um, you said like what makes a good prank throughout the series, um, you know, as Mookie is trying to figure out like who done it essentially. I loved it when some of the guys were like, like, no, like that's not my signature prank. Like that's not my style. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, like storytelling in your pranks. Yes. Yes, totally. <laughs> oh totally. Right. So like, that's fun to fun to uncover too. And even for me, like it was funny, like in your intro, you're talking about like investigative journalism and like this, this story holds up to zero journalistic standards, which I kind of <laughs> love because if you think about like camp too, like camp is all about how over time stories get like the lore grows, like the, the story gets bigger when you leave camp and the memories that you have are like so much, you know, like you tell all your camp stories to friends that were not there. And they're like, really, that was like the most meaningful moment to you. And you're like, you weren't right. there. You don't get it. Right. And so that's the other thing that I tried to capture in this story. Like you can't tell a camp story, you know, in five minutes, you know, you need to really bring people in and, and tell them the story over seven episodes. So. Yeah. But I also think that's where having the audio and the voices of other people who are actually there, I think where that, that comes in and really, really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Now it's one thing to tell a story and to convey something using audio, visual, written words, illustrations, what have you. It's another thing to only rely on audio, which is what you did in this podcast format. In what ways did that, like only having the audio, how did that make this more challenging? And then on the flip side, did that make telling the story easier in some ways? Oh man, this goes back to like, I'm thinking of when I'm like working on these logic files and I have, you know, the raw audio and then my audio. And then I'm like, oh, would there be a good sound effect that could be here? And like, what real sound effect do I have? Like, oh, I have a real sound effect of my RV starting. So I'm going to use that or uh, the one I have of a boat isn't that good. So I need to like find one of a boat. And like, I mean, almost all of the sounds are, are totally authentic, but um, I think there's like no end to how much more sound design I could have done in the show. Like I was always trying to make sure that, you know, each element had, you know, meaningful sound design for that exact reason of you're only using audio. And so you want to use the different elements, not just narration but music and and sound effects um one thing that i think really makes the show is um the music that i chose was composed by matt mcginley who did all the music for serial and for s-town and he does all kinds of stuff for npr and so when i was working on this show i was like i don't want to release it until it's like you know people listen to it and they're like was this produced by like a proper production company um, it kind of makes people confused. And I wanted that sort of familiar feeling. Um, and because some of those podcasts were so ubiquitous, I reached out just to the, I like listened to the credits and they were like music by Matt McGinley. I'm like, I'll go see if that guy has a website. Sure enough, he does. Sure enough, he was happy to license me music for my project. And it was things like that, that I'm like, now I have, you know, 10 songs that I use and reuse over the seven episodes, each song highlights a part of the story. Here's when something fun's happening. Here's when something's intriguing is happening. Here's something when I hit a dead end, like I had a song for every mood and those songs, the other thing, I'm just really on a rant here. The other thing about these songs is that they were all about like two minutes and 10 seconds. They weren't like a normal pop song. That's like three and a half minutes. So being super technical, I learned based on the professional music that I uh, licensed 
you only really have two minutes to move from story beat to story beat to story beat. And so kind of this music also helped me to, I can't say this in three and a half minutes. I have to figure out a way to say it in two minutes because Mm -hmm. then it fits with the music. It fits with the mood and it keeps the pacing moving. And so there was lots of stuff like that, that I learned about audio production specifically. And there's still three or four parts in the show where I'm like, I'm talking too long. They're like, I'm losing myself. Surely I'm losing other people. Ultimately, I think, it, again, it's all fine. It's shipped. It's, it's good. It is what it is. But there was like no end to the amount of tweaking that you do because when you have only audio, you do have to keep stuff moving. And we are used to this, this really fast paced world. And even though, you know, people going to listen to a podcast, they know it's long form content. Um, you still don't want to get bored um, mm-hmm. while you're listening. So, yeah. Wow. That's I would I didn't even think about that. Like, yes, I loved the music that you chose, but I did not even think about like the timing of it and how like it's kind of forcing you in a good way to like tighten up what you're saying and the pacing anyway. That's it's like a complete formula that I think just people have no idea how much goes into it, but you executed it beautifully. Thank you. Yeah, that's a that's the best compliment if you didn't notice it, right? Because that means no, it flowed properly. Um, you know, and and off we go. But yeah, like all my early all my early recordings, you're like, this is just so bad. <laughs> but we got to a good place when we got to start somewhere. It. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I would also encourage people to do who are in any sort of creative endeavor is like, you just got to you got to practice and work on it and and tweak it and bring in collaborators. And those are all things that I learned uh, throughout this project. So yeah, you just touched on a, a, a perfect segue. Um, so beyond beyond all of this, what would you teach or tell camp professionals or anybody really about storytelling as a skill set that they themselves can use? Now, whether that's for them, like personally, or like especially in regards to what we mentioned earlier, telling their camp stories, telling um, stories in an effort to help with recruitment, to connect with alumni. And I mean, I know that I think camps are doing a great job of utilizing a lot of different platforms, like whether it's through their websites, whether it's through the emails that they send, the mailings, the Mm -hmm. social media, there's a lot of different ways that they can tell these stories. But I guess just generally speaking, um, what, what advice would you give them? Uh, Yeah, I think there's, it's kind of overwhelming, right? Because like you said, there's a bazillion things that you could be doing and everyone is saying you should be doing, you know, X, Y, Z, and then you're in a local, um, you know, a local, area and there's three camps all in the same area and you see what they're doing. You're like, Oh, should we be doing that? I mean, my, yeah, my encouragement is to experiment with the things that get you excited, you know? So for me, even with this project for so long, it was so bad and such a slog to work on, but there was something about this project that just made me excited. It made me want to keep working on it. It, it made me want to get it to sound and look professional. And I wasn't kind of going to stop until it did. Obviously, you know, time moves a little bit faster if you're working in camp and you need to get registrations up for the summer. But the point is like, it's probably a better idea to choose fewer things to do really well. Um, and the things to choose are probably the ones that are going to align with what you're passionate about because people are going to see that. Like when people listen to my show, they're like, wow, this guy put way too much effort into a story about poo. But I love that (laughs) because then, you know, Lauren, who's like the best 
camp person at the ACA is like, why, why is she fanboying over me when I'm fanboying over what you're doing? You know what I mean? But <laughs> that's because there's this like passion and energy and authenticity that was poured into my project. And so that would be my, um, my encouragement. And surely, surely if you've decided to dedicate your life to camp, which is a hard thing to dedicate your life to, let's be honest, there's gotta be a lot of things that you're passionate about. And so, you know, lean into those. And, and, and to me, that's, what's the most contagious. Yeah. That's so good. I think finding what makes you excited because that is what will translate and that people will pick up on exactly like you did in this podcast. Um, and I think it can be so easy to fall prey to like the latest trends and to jump on those, but if it's not true to, to what camp professionals or what anybody is doing, it's not going to read as well. And you're exactly right. They could be spending their time and their talents, um, yeah. doing something else entirely that would have a much stronger impact. And that's been a bit hard for me too. Like even after releasing the show, I know that people who go to camp will like the show. So I'm like, why am I not full court press promoting this on TikTok every day on Instagram every day, building this, doing that. And I'm like, you know what? Like I, I have other stuff on the go. I'm really happy with this project. I got it to the level of quality that I wanted. Everyone at my camp who I want to have listened to it has listened to it. So anyone else who listens is bonus. And even this conversation is, you know, a testament to to that where it's like it, the people who like it hopefully are going to find it. And, you know, folks like yourselves reach out and, and get me a few more listeners. I'm super grateful for that because, um, I don't have the energy to make a bazillion TikTok videos and become the next camp influencer and, you know, that do all the things that's going to then direct people ultimately to listen to my podcast so that I can make 15 cents on advertising. You know, like it's like, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I did the thing and that was what I was passionate about. And now I'll, I'll do something else. So anyway, I have a question, uh, real quick going back. I'm so glad you mentioned your RV. Will you please remind <laughs> what is, what is your RV's name? The RV is named Lily. Lily. Oh yes. Okay. And, and the reason it was, us. um, kind of the reason it was named Lily is because the first year we bought Lily, it was going to be our pad for the summer where we were living. So sort of like a play on Lily pad. Uh, oh. you, so that was, <laughs> you know, it was a very, That's very good. weird way that we got to Lily. But, um, anyways, um, we've like rebuilt the motor three times on that thing. Mm. And, um, there's this one alternator belt that without fail at like 300 miles, um, on a new belt, it like rips the belt. And so it's been a very difficult road and I am very sad to say that it's probably time to send Lily to the scrapyard. Now, what I will say is I, what I want to do is I want to find like a forest somewhere and drive Lily into the middle of the forest and then put Lily up on blocks, take the wheels off and then turn Lily into a geocache. Do you know what geocaching is? I do not. So geocaching is like, it's, it's kind of a campy thing, actually. It's like, basically it's, there's like a, a geocaching community and it's, you, there's different apps that show you where these caches are. And it's sort of like you go on an adventure to find a treasure and so then when you get there, you like leave something behind for the next people to follow, or there's like a guest book and you kind of find these geocaches like all around, frankly, the world, they're everywhere. So it will be really fun to kind of turn uh, Lily into like a, a, a geocache and then people could find, find this dead RV parked out in the middle of the wilderness, but that's a lot of work. So it'll probably just get crushed. <laughs> oh, no. 
Okay, I didn't first. I didn't know where you were going with. We're gonna drive her into a forest in the middle of yeah. nowhere. I thought you were gonna just abandon her, abandon. like in Fox and the Hound. When spoiler, but this movie came out a long time ago. <laughs> when she like drops the fox off, and it's the most devastating thing I've seen in my childhood. But I was like, Jeremy, no, we can't. Lily has to have. She's famous now. She has to. This is her next phase in her career. Yeah, the RV is pretty famous. Like we had a blog for a while that that um, this was back in the blogging days, right? We've had this thing for over a decade when we were in university. So yeah, our blog, I think we I think we had over a hundred thousand page views. So page Ooh. views were the thing back then. So that was kind of fun. Is that blog still days. live? I think I took it down. Um, I think okay, I took if it, it is, we'll put it in the show notes. But if not. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of old <laughs> videos I think on YouTube. Uh, our our project our like little band I guess your our band name or whatever you could call it was the Open Road Project. Basically, what we did is everywhere we went with this thing, we tried to do random acts of kindness. We kind of ripped off the buried life a little bit and did adventures like that. So the Open Road Project, you could Google it and find probably some YouTube videos of our adventures with Lily and. That led to my next podcast, which was called The Open Road Podcast. And then that's kind of what led to this. So if anyone cares enough to do some very hilarious deep dive um, into the world of Lily and Jeremy, then The Open Road Project and The Open Road Podcast is where you can go. I will will do that Google search for everybody and I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) Great. Okay. So back to working at camp. Yes. Obviously, working at camp might come with some pranks hijinks, and of course, adventure. Mm. Why else do you think someone should consider working at camp? Oh, I mean, there's lots of reasons to work at camp. Um, I'm sitting here, you know, six years out from this podcast and another five years before that was the last time I'd probably spent a full year of, of, or a full summer at camp. But if I look at the, the top 10 people in my phone who I text on a regular basis, all of them are from my time at camp. And so one of the best reasons, in my opinion, from my perspective today is you are going to make friends and connections that serve you well. Frankly, the job that I have now, um, I switched jobs in the pandemic during that very you know uncertain time was because of a connection that I had made through summer camp. And so it, the age that you are when you're working at camp is such a pivotal age for growing your skill set, um, growing your network as cheesy as that sounds and just growing your, the people that are going to be influential in your life. And typically if you're working at camp, it's because you, uh, at that stage of your life care about something bigger than yourself, or you're searching for something bigger than yourself. And so you're bumping into people that, that feel the same. And, you know, when you leave camp, everyone's going to go in different directions. People are going to change a lot, but you will always have that, um, have that experience. And the freedom is like unparalleled at camp. Like, I mean, you listen to this podcast and people got up to a whole lot of mischief because, you know, there's no parents and I guess our leaders were a bit lax or whatnot, but that freedom, what it does is it, is it allows people to step up and people to, um, you know, take on more leadership than they ever should have the right to, you know, at 21 years old, I was the assistant director and there were like 150 campers that, if something went wrong and the director was on his day off, like that was coming to me, right? So when else are you going to, at that age, get those types of um, those types of experiences? So yeah, I mean, I could talk all day about why it would be a great idea to work at summer camp, but you know, the the value that you're going to get from a, a summer at camp is is far worth far more than the amount of money you'll make flipping burgers for that summer, um, even if it's even if it's hard to do so. Which 
I understand it is for a lot of people because it's not the best paying job and and it's a tricky time in life with school and whatnot. But yeah, there's there's lots of great reasons to to work at a summer camp if you can. Yeah, very well said. Um, you know, I think another piece of it is that working at camp can be challenging. It can be exhausting. Uh, staff members might get homesick. I mean, there are a number of reasons why, like in reality, why a staff member might not want to see the summer or the session all the way through. Mm -hmm. And similarly, I can only imagine that. And you touched a little bit on this early on in our conversation as you were creating this podcast over six years, like that is longer than typical college years <laughs> surely i mean maybe not but like surely there had to be like some doubts maybe questioning maybe even thinking about just like dropping this all together and being content with what you've done thus far we walk us through what that was like unless it wasn't maybe you had just like this beautiful sparkly experience with it and what encouraged you to keep going it wasn't beautiful and sparkly um nor did i ever have a moment where i I thought I would give up on the project. Mm. The beauty of this was that there was zero stakes to getting this done or not. You know, I had a day job. I had, you know, my life was doing what, like this was just a creative project that if I finish it one day, awesome, but I'm, I'm, I'm in no rush to do so. In the last two years, it definitely was like, okay, now that I know that it's happening, I need to get this thing done and out of my life <laughs> because it's just, it's like, it's, it's time. But for the first few years, basically what would happen is I always knew I wanted to release it like in the summer, kind of before and as camp was happening. So I would get like a spurt of creative energy in January. I would work on it for a couple of months. And then I would basically in March realize there was absolutely no way this was coming out in the summer. And then it would sit on a shelf for another eight months until the next January, I would like get inspired to do it again. So like when I say I've worked on it six years, that's obviously an exaggeration in some regards. But the project was in my life for that long. Um, mm -hmm. I wasn't working on it constantly. Um, really kind of what changed was I talked a little bit earlier about how important collaborators were for this project. And that was a huge turning point when I, you know, I, I had kind of come up against my own limitations creatively and my ability to write and my ability to like, I was too close to the story. And so when I decided to like, basically like let go of, you know, just, and, and just kind of bring other people in, allow them to contribute their ideas, their stories, their, um, you know, their perspective. That's when the show really started to gain momentum, which I think is an awesome analogy for collaborating and for allowing people to build on your idea. I'm someone who always likes my own idea best, but <laughs> through this project, it was a really good lesson in, yeah, your ideas are good, but like, they're not the best or they could be better if you allow other people to help you out. And so that, and that's when the project also got more exciting for me because anytime we would get together with a few people in a room and we would throw around ideas and let's say this, this way, let's put Mookie in this scenario. Let's amp up the, you know, the feeling around this character, like all of that was so much more exciting. And that stuff with Jordan really kind of happened in the last two or three years before I released it. And so that was kind of that, that turning point when I was like, yeah, this is a good project. I'm having the encouragement from someone else that I'm not like crazy in making this thing. And that's when I, I really um, started to work on it more meaningfully. So yeah, it was really the last like two years that was like, yeah, this is really happening and it's going to be good and I'm going to be proud of it. And I'm going to be able to 
look anyone in the eye and say, yeah, I made a podcast about poo and I think it's great and you should listen to it, you know? <laughs> and they totally should. They really should. Um, well, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you, it sounds like you just kind of like let the pressure go, kind of took yeah. it off your shoulders and just enjoyed the process. So circling back to when maybe staff members at camp were just like, exhausted, depleted, mm -hmm, totally mm -hmm. burned out. What would you say to either camp directors, maybe from your own experience working um, on leadership team or prospective staff, staff members about working at camp and moving forward, even when it feels impossible? I mean, would you tell them the same thing about just kind of letting <sighs> yeah. go of expectations a little bit, maybe finding or rediscovering why they signed on in the first place and rediscovering that, that exciting piece of it? Like, what would you say? Yeah, this one's hard because obviously every situation is different and every person's needs are different. So there's so many people where like, yeah, you're actually not in a good place and you're this is not really good for you or your campers for you to be here. And like you need a legitimate break. Mm -hmm. I think back to some of the things that like our camp director did. If like someone was sick, they were like, have three extra glasses of orange juice in the morning for your vitamin C, take a nap and like get back to it. So like, I'm like, All right. when, I, when I think back to that, I'm like, yeah, that's probably not the most like empathetic approach to someone who's burnt out because camp is hard. I mean, you're literally morning to night doing stuff with campers and with, with other people. And you're in this tight community, which is awesome, but also challenging. Like I have this, this, uh, idea in my mind that like in a summer at camp, you go through like a year or two of relational intensity, right? Yeah. Like you can get to know someone in six weeks as well as you could a friend at a, a year of high school in, in a mm -hmm. more compressed time frame. So, I mean, when I look back though, I think from where I'm sitting now, and this again, is not really any help to anyone who's struggling in the moment. It's like, I don't remember when I was tired. I just remember all the amazing, you know, times that we had. And so I think, it's like encouraging people to have some grace for themselves when they're feeling uh, burnt out. But yeah, to, to just kind of remember that these are really, really special times in your life and they are not going to last. Like, like going back this summer was so fun for me uh, to run this program because I hadn't been to camp in five years. And I was like, I'm never going to camp again for a whole summer. Like that's just not going to happen in my life unless I become a camp director, which I'm not going to do. So it was like, I looked at that summer with, uh, like, I was like, I need to make this the best summer ever. Probably one more reason why I made this podcast to like really remember what it felt like to be there. Um, but yeah, that's probably not helpful at all for people who are like struggling Ooh, in the I moment. Think it but is. Yeah, I don't know. But I especially love that you highlighted not really remembering those super yeah. exhausted, like not that they weren't there, but just that the good and the, just the fun and the, I don't know. I mean, camp is such a unique thing. Um, and I think, I think the highlights far outweigh the, the lowlights. Is that the best way to say that? The shadows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they do. And like, that's the other thing too. Like I, I feel like just by the nature of it, camp already weeds out people pretty quick because it is very intense. So kind of like, if you're there, you've kind of already self-selected that you can do it, you know? So if, if that's any encouragement, um, you know, the people who are there, like, yeah, remind them of why they're there, you know, ask them, why are you here? What do you want more of and, and help them to build a little bit more of that in their life? Cause that's the other thing that's amazing at camp is when you have energy to give to something, ideally a good camp leader is going to recognize that and give that 
teen or young adult more responsibility in that area because what's better for you as a director it's people like stepping up because there's so much stuff that has to happen right so you know if if i you know want to run a giant kayaking lesson with all of camp instead of just my small group like yeah let's let's figure out how we can make that work like that's i think another thing that usually people are at camp for a reason and if you find if you know what that is you can give them ways to step up and and give their gifts to that that particular mm-hmm. area but yeah yeah absolutely all right so we're not going to tell people how this story ends they're gonna have mm, to go and listen themselves great. which i'll say it again go listen <laughs> love it but all right again you've you've touched on these themes before but aside from an extremely fun and funny podcast series what do you hope listeners take away from this story I don't always know who's listening, right? So if there are camp staff that are listening, I hope that they listen and they they realize that this is the best time. This might be the best time in my whole life. This These types of summers with these groups of people. Like, it's not like your life is going to get... It's not that there's not going to be amazing times in your life, but like, it's a unique time. Like, adulting is hard and adulting can be very boring and monotonous. So like, for someone who's there, like, yes, you are making these types of memories at your camp and do it to the fullest. Um, for camp leaders who are listening to the show, um, I'm not going to say that my approach to leadership was necessarily the best. There's things I could have done differently. And again, the show kind of highlights, uh, you know, it, it's it, while it's all true, you know, I'm not I'm it's 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 a it's a comedy show. So I I portray myself in a specific way. But I do also highlight some directors who, you know, do not, in my opinion, approach leadership uh, in a way that is productive to get them the outcomes that they want. Uh, So for leaders listening, I hope that as you're thinking about all the crazy stuff that you have to deal with, um, you know, you're thinking about your own approach to solving the problems that having hundreds of kids and dozens of teens on a property uh, brings you. And then for everyone else who maybe hasn't ever been to summer camp, I hope that as they listen, they're just like, wow, I wish I would have gone to summer camp because that sounds like it's a whole lot of fun. And maybe they'll say, that's something I want to send my kids to, or, you know, uh, I have a nephew or a niece and I want to sponsor them to go to camp or anything like that. If, if anything like that could happen, I mean, that would be, um, that would be exceptional. So it's just the story of summer camp. I'm throwing in my two cents into the ring of why summer camp is awesome. And I just hope that people um, maybe giggle a little bit. And if you hate the show, great. I'd love to hear why as well. And, uh, you know, that that's what I hope people get out of the show. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, I think people have liked it quite a bit because you all won an award. Will you tell us about it and congratulations. Thank you so much. Um, I did win. I won, uh, um, at, uh, an awards, um, a little award ceremony outside of Toronto called TO Web Fest. They do a lot of, uh, they did a lot of awards for like web series, but they also had like a podcasting uh, category. So I was nominated for best sound design and also best unscripted podcast. There was another category called best scripted podcast. It was interesting because I didn't know where they would put me because there are scripted and unscripted elements to my show. Like I wrote a lot, but I think the heart of the show is in the unscripted bits. So I was glad that I was nominated in that category. And that was the one that I ultimately won for best unscripted podcast, which was a huge honor because I mean, for many reasons, it's just nice to be recognized, but 
specifically the committee who was judging this, like, I, I mean, maybe they had been to summer camp, but it was, it wasn't like I won at the summer camp creators contest or anything like that. It was like, no, this is a totally separate organization from camp stuff. And they're recognizing that it was a pretty, a pretty special and interesting show. So um, yeah, that kind of, it, it felt really good and validating. And um, it was a pretty legit awards show with like red carpet and photographers mm, and like yes. a video presentation for each category that played a clip of my show. And so it all felt very legitimate. And so by the time the announcer said, and the winner is summer camp, the case of the phantom pooper. I was like, <laughs> I was just so amazing to hear those words. And um, yeah, I don't know. Again, in, in adult life, there's not many opportunities to like win something anymore, or at least in, in, in my life. So it felt really, uh, really good to win. So thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. I think that's so cool. You know, if only, if only in lieu of like an Uber or a limousine, if only you could have like arrived in Lily and like that let her been have cool. her red carpet moment. Yes. That would have um, been, that would have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, the award is very well deserved. So congratulations. Thank so you. Lauren, I've done a lot of talking. Do you have a camp prank story for us from your time at gosh, summer camp? No. Um, one that I did. No, I was a very good rule follower. Still am. Mm. Um, you I'm have to, to say that. Think, right. <laughs> Is that what the best pranksters say? <laughs> um, I, I mean, actually maybe there were some pranks because I feel like we tried to maybe recreate the different pranks that they did in the parent trap. Love it. But I, I mean, I mean, obviously we weren't as cool as they were, so they didn't go as well. I, nothing, nothing comes to the front of my mind. I'm going to have to think about that and, and get back to you. Maybe we'll have to do a part two. <laughs> I think your listeners are going to want to know. That's going to be the next, the next season of the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's a bunch of people have been asking me about a season two, right? And, and one thing that people thought would be kind of funny as if like another camp calls me about a prank that happened at their camp. And then I would have Ooh. to kind of go in and do a bunch of investigating. So something like that would be fun, but yeah, That's I something. don't necessarily have uh, the time to do such a thing, but um, yeah. you know, lots of, lots of options. I've opened a lot of doors here. Yeah. Well, that was my next question is what is, what is next either for the podcast or what's next for you? Yeah. Like I don't, the, the short answer is, I don't know. Um, like I said, uh, this project was a, a labor of love. It was, it was a lot of work to, to get it across the line. And in the same way that this project sort of found me, um, mm. the next thing will probably find me too. Um, especially when you have like, you know, uh, I just kind of have a passion for this kind of thing. And, an, and an eye, when something kind of catches my attention, I'm going to kind of go for it. So I do not have, you know, season two locked in because I don't hadn't haven't been back to camp and don't have, you know, a hundred hours of raw recording. Like there's no project like that in the queue. So um, that's not coming, but you know, who knows there's, I think my next project will just find me. Yeah. So as I've mentioned, we'll put, I'll put all the links in the show notes for people to go listen to the show and check out Lily on the open road. It's the best. Is there anything else that you would like to mention that you'd like to talk about that we have not quite yet? If people have come this far in the conversation, I do hope that they go and, and listen to the show. If, if for nothing else to kind of, you know, relive and, and reimagine their own uh, summer camp experiences. And 
if you do like it, my only ask is that you share it with one other friend. You probably have a BFF from camp. That's how I end every episode. You know, if you like to share it with your camp BFFs. And I feel like if everyone shares, you know, something like this with their, with their camp friends, it's going to reignite those stories that you had and those memories that you have made with the people that you, that you love and cherish. And that's the other thing that I hope this show does is just fosters connections between people who have had awesome camp experiences. So that's the only last thing that I would say is if you listen to it, thank you. And if you uh, share it with someone else, uh, double thank you. For sure. And also you all are on um, Instagram. Yeah. Which I think provides a nice fun visual element to this completely audio platform, but where else can people either find you, find the show, connect with you? Yeah. Like our Instagram is probably the best. Um, one thing that you'll see on Instagram is we actually have an after show for uh, each episode that's available on, it's just available on Apple podcasts. Cause it's uh, like premium, premium content, but a bunch of the best kind of clips from our after show are our reels on Instagram. Um, and that's me and my co-creator Jordan sort of just kind of talking about the show and what went into each episode and sharing a few stories of our own. So Instagram's probably the best place, but you know, like I said earlier, um, I have some content in the bank left, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a grind to be on, on the social media stuff, but there's some good stuff uh, there. And if you follow that account, that's definitely where you'll see any announcements about, um, uh, updates or new content that has to do with the show. Um, so that's probably just the best place and then find it obviously anywhere you get your podcasts. Right. (laughs) Incredible. Well, Jeremy, unless there's anything else, Thank you so much for taking time to come onto the Camp Wire podcast. It was so much fun. Again, personally, I just love the show so much. Um, so I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm certain that our listeners have as well. Thanks so much for having me, Lauren. It was an absolute pleasure to be here and to all the listeners out there, uh, have fun at camp and enjoy every minute because for some of us, we are, our camp days are, are behind us. Go said with such nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Y'all be sure to go check out the show notes. Go listen to Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper. I promise you do not want to miss it. It is so much fun. So again, check out the show notes for the link to the podcast, as well as to any other links that we may have mentioned. And as always, be sure to keep up with the American Camp Association across social media platforms at ACA Camps. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the Camp Bar Podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.